1: welcome to the real estate investing morning show
0: today is thursday october twenty seventh, two 2022 the weather today will be a high of 14 degrees in edmonton nine degrees in calgary and 10 degrees
1: in toronto oh yeah that's what i'm talking about
0: do you want your city added to the weather let us know. Email us at info at com. Good job, Evan. My everybody. glaring at me right now. That
1: was awesome. You did fantastic.
0: Yeah, you did great. Uh, we're broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. Feel free to listen to our podcast on any podcast platform that you can find. However, the, the real party is in the morning at 6 a.m. Mountain Time. Um, live live. You get to, you get to, if you, if you tune into that app, you can join into the chat. You can chat with all the other real estate investors here who are here, who wake up early, who are dedicated to their, to, you know, to their, to their business. And and there's also a call in button. You can click the call in button and ask any questions you want about real estate investing for free every morning, free coaching. You have access to free coaching every morning, no excuses. Uh, furthermore, we do lots of cool prizes. Um, like this month, uh, the top fan of the month will win two free coaching calls valued at $500. The only way to win that is to keep tuning in every day and engaging and and clicking those hearts and sharing the show. And then uh, we'll be doing a draw on, what, Tuesday? Yep. Uh, Tuesday is the 1st. Yep. November 1st. So we do that draw um, on the 1st of every month. <clears throat> yeah. Coolio. What do we got joining us today?
1: mr l ray noble no way good morning good morning good morning Kristen, kathleen nathan ryan joshua mr dodds oh yeah which which, josh Josh? (laughs) i think we have a maybe a couple in here already joshua wingert Mm -hmm. amanda good morning good morning francis good
0: morning rebecca good morning ryan kyle
1: Courtney. Yeah. Mr. Matt. (laughs) I don't know why I said it like that. Mr. Matt.
0: Me either. Morning, Garrett. (laughs) We see you coming in there late. Yeah, we noticed. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Crispy. Crispy. (laughs) Crispy, crispy. Okay. Uh, All right. Uh, I got a couple things I want to talk about today, but also I want to hear what you want to talk about today. This is not my show. This is your show. Well, it is my show, but i I like to I like to make it your show.
1: It's for the people.
0: It's it's a show for the people. It's a show for the yeah. investors. Um, so whatever it is you are working on, you got to speak up. Okay, be vulnerable. Um, if you would like me to not say your name, start your message off in the chat by saying, "Please Do don't say my name." Say my name. Uh, if you want me to say your name, um, sing some Destiny's when no track. one is around. Then, 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 yeah. Um,
1: say, baby, I love you. <clears throat> uh,
0: yeah, if you got anything, just, uh, put it in the, in the chat there and we can talk about what you want to talk about. Okay. But, uh, upcoming events first, uh, we've got REI masters, uh, hosted networking meetup this Friday in Edmonton, five 30 to seven 30. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, five thirty-seven thirty in Edmonton. Um, there are, I believe, four spots left. Um, let me refresh that page. Um, it's free tickets. Um, you just got to register in order to go, because we don't want the house overcrowded with four tickets people. left. Four tickets left. Okay, yeah. So uh, head to Eventbrite to uh, sign up for that. Um, or at our free Real Estate Investing Masters Facebook page. You can, the link for Adventbrite is in there as well. Uh, also, we have an REI Masters hosted uh, networking event in Calgary as well on Saturday. And that event is?
1: 2.30 to 5.
0: 2.30 to 5. Uh, I'm going to be there as well for that one. So if you're, you know, if you want to meet myself or any other real estate investors and learn about fix and flips, learn about real estate investing, you just want to corner me with your newest, hottest deal, don't. <clears throat> Feel free to corner me and just say hi though. <laughs> um don't be surprised if I give you a smoke bomb and I and and, and suddenly I'm gone.
1: <laughs> corner him in the ensuite. What? <laughs> you can't smoke bomb your way out of that. You
0: mm, should never corner a lion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anyways.
0: Um yeah, so Friday and Saturday. Friday in Edmonton, Saturday in Calgary. Um, if you want me to come to your city, <coughs> email us at... It, no, Jesus. Info, info at um What are
1: you going to do in their city?
0: <laughs> hold an event.
1: Oh, we can, we'll, we'll get together gathering? I'm fucking done with
0: this. Show. <laughs> I'm, I'm out of here. This is just... <laughs> You run this show. Don't don't sit there. Don't sit there and insult me twice in the first six minutes.
1: Well, how did I insult you the first time? Telling people to corner you? I don't remember.
0: (laughs) On with the show. See, now now the moms can't listen in the car. First six minutes, they're like, nope, turn this one off. Maybe tomorrow, kids. Maybe we can listen to the morning show tomorrow.
1: (laughs) Mom! I want to listen to Wayne.
0: Nope. Dropped an F bomb in the first six minutes.
1: It's okay. I didn't even notice, to be honest. So I don't think anybody else noticed either.
0: Uh, Ken, I am changing windows at a rental house. Any thoughts? Original 1960s.
1: Thoughts about what? What kind of thoughts? Do you know what kind of thoughts he's after?
0: No, <laughs> but I'm anxiously waiting.
1: Tell us what kind of thoughts you want. Good
0: we'll morning, happily Francis. give them. Good morning, Sheila. Good morning, Diane. Good morning, one two one Bam Brard. I don't know who that is. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, what else we got going on here? Is Mark here?
1: I don't think so. What the heck? Where's Mark? Okay. Uh, Ken says it's a rental. Some might think it is a bad expense.
0: Mm. Uh, Sorry, are we talking about original? Changing the windows at a rental house. Any thoughts? Original 1960s. I mean, so it's wood frame? Depends on the condition. I mean, the seal's probably gone. It's probably got a lot of condensation on it when... uh, When winter comes yeah um, we had
1: a rental that um we changed all the windows in um but basically we waited until um until exactly that like seals were broken the condensation was getting in it was getting really bad um during the really cold um freezes in the winter. So there's getting a lot of ice built up and then it was melting down the drywall. Mm-hmm. So like that's when you know you have a problem. It's yeah. gonna cause damage behind behind the drywall and all that kind of stuff. Mold. So mold, yeah. Uh rot with all the freeze and soak on the on the two by fours and stuff on the framing. So um yeah, we we swapped out all the windows in the entire house. And we even took that opportunity to do the door because the door was uh, letting in a lot of cold air, Mm -hmm. make it more energy efficient. And um, do we regret it? Nope. Mm -hmm. Was it a big expense? Yep. Um, But that's part of owning a home. You have to maintain it, right?
0: True. True. He, I am changing the windows. Okay. um... He
1: said, yes, it's getting bad.
0: Okay, if it's getting bad, then do it, obviously. I mean, that's why we put money aside for repairs and maintenance. And We should be accounting for that. Um, but I agree with Gabby. I don't normally replace things until they need to be replaced on rental properties. Um, it depends on how long you're planning on keeping that property. You know, if you're planning on keeping it for 20 years, you're going to replace the windows at some point. But do you really want to replace them early and then have to replace them again in 15 years mm-hmm. before you sell it? You know what I mean? Yeah. If we can ride it out for the next 12 years and then replace them in 12 years and sell it at the 20-year mark, then the windows are still good and you don't have to buy two sets of windows. Yeah. That's my thought process on that.
1: It's also one of those things that you can kind of like wait on until they are at the bad point. Whereas like because it's not like a fu- it doesn't have a, mo- a functioning motor. It's not like it's the furnace where… You know, like if you know that your furnace is on its last leg, you probably don't just want to be like, oh, we'll wait until it craps out and is then it? we'll replace it because then you're in an emergency situation. Your tenant doesn't have heat, all those types of things. Yeah. So it's the kind of thing where like you want to be proactive, whereas windows it's just like you can ride them out until it's like, oh, well, crap, they're they're pretty bad now. We should get this dealt with. Yeah. Um, but it's not like the window fell out and there's cold air coming through the house. You know True. what I mean?
0: True. Um, and, and my thoughts are that like if you don't have the money set as well, okay, I don't know if I want to go down this rabbit hole. Yeah, I mean, ideally you should. <laughs> ideally, you have money set aside for that. But if you don't have money set aside for that, like if you're just like, oh, I think I should change the windows. You know, I mean, the the tenants will appreciate it. And you spend an extra ten thousand dollars replacing windows. You know, we talked about the mathematics of real estate investing, the basics of real estate investing yesterday. And we talked about a $60,000 down payment with $60,000 in profit over 10 years. If you change windows too, you know, and you pull that money out of your own pocket, the cost to replace the windows out of your own pocket, that means that your your investment on your property is no longer your $60,000 down payment. It's $60,000 plus plus your $10,000. So now your investment into that property, the money that you have into that property is now $70,000. So if you had a $60,000 investment and you made a $60,000 return over 10 years, that's a 100% return. But if you have a $70,000 investment and you make a $60,000 return, now your rate of return, your ROI for 10 years is 85%. See what I mean? Your ROI goes down. So um, in order to get the best return or the best ROI for your properties is to put the least amount of money in and get the most amount of money back. That's how you control your ROI. That's how you get the best return returning your investment. So, um, lots of different ways to to reduce your your investment portion. You know, we talked about like the burr, and we talked about like you know seller financing and stuff like that. Um, there's not a there's not a whole heck of a lot of ways to to control your your um, your return though. Yeah, because your return is your return. Like you can't control the rents. Um, you can try increasing your rent by like renting out your garage separately, or um, doing short-term rentals or something like that. But it's it's a lot easier to control, in my opinion. I think it's a lot easier to control your investment than it is to control your yeah your return.
1: And well, and also like actually taking care of <clears throat> your properties and doing regular maintenance. And you know, like a while ago we talked about. Um, I I can't remember what it is now, (laughs) which I guess um, shows you that I don't implement the tip, but like we were talking about hot water tanks and how there's like a real simple yearly task that you can do that'll help maintain it for like years and years and years. Oh, we're not talking about the same thing, are we? What?
0: Okay, you you talk first. Now I'm going to talk about a story.
1: Okay. Well, I'm just saying there's things you can do to like your appliances and to your furnace and your hot water tank and to your like, like maintaining, we talked about fall maintenance, like turning off those exterior taps and draining them so that those expenses don't come up and you're not putting unnecessary money into your properties. Right. So that's another way to control that. Is to actually maintain your properties and some people might think like oh yeah but i'm spending 160 bucks on on gutter cleanings and i'm spending 250 bucks on furnace and duct cleanings and you know these furnace filters cost a lot of money i'm putting all that money in and it's just money and money and money it's like yeah but that's saving you long-term replacements mm-hmm. or that's saving your gutters from overflowing and water getting into your basement That's, you know what I mean? Like that is proper maintenance so that the big ticket items don't come up where you need to pour a lot of money in. Mm -hmm. So that's another way to control how much money you're putting into your properties is to actually properly maintain them.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Okay, we've had a lot of people come in here to the show uh, a little bit late. So we're going to call you guys out for being late. Uh, Josh, we see you. Good morning. Mitchell, how's it going, buddy? Uh, Brandon's here. Alan's here. Yeah, Mife is here. Chris is here. Pete's here. Patrick's here. Good morning, all. Thanks for joining the show. Gonna take a little quick commercial break, and then um, I'm going to tell you that story about you're talking about hot water tanks. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I told you this. I can't remember. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds for no DCI. sloppy seconds. <laughs> so if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory to get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers. Or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers.
0: And we are back. Hello, hello. Uh, Ken says all the important people are in the house.
1: Yeah, I mean, Wayne and I entered the room very early on. Oh, oh, wow. Gabby,
0: Gabby, you left your ego on. (laughs) Might want to turn down the brightness there.
1: Oh, that is like so something that I would never say. I know. I don't know how, why it came out. I know.
0: It was I must, just a joke. I must was be just rubbing it funny... off on you the last few days. I had Gabby defending my ego yesterday, and that was one of like the proudest moments of my life. <laughs> I mean, it's up there with like um, the birth of my child and and then that. That that was like huge because um, she has to live with that shit anyways, it was great. Um, okay. So hot water tank. I think I can talk about this a little more openly now. Um, so, um, we officially, um, sold, uh, one of our flips yesterday. Yeah, Um, baby. This one was a huge headache. Um, so many little things went wrong at the end. Um, issues with contractors. Um, what else was there uh we had a flood we had uh, just seemed like everything
1: well as we were like wrapping things up and like cleaning things out for possession we realized that like the kitchen wasn't completed and like they never (laughs)
0: finished the kitchen um the cabinets like inside the cabinets weren't done and like they didn't clean and then like I want to blame the cleaner up, but like, um, there was just like, we open up drawers and like, Oh wow, there's a bunch of garbage in here. And we open up cabinets and like the cabinets aren't finished and there's pieces missing. And, um, things weren't like, things weren't done. Like so much stuff wasn't done that we just didn't notice. And then we go into the bedroom and, um, the seams on the drywall cracked, uh, underneath the window. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's just like so much, shit just like every every second we turn we turn around to be something else anyway so we we had that flood <clears throat> did we talk about that on the show
1: yeah i believe so
0: I, tr- I tried not to because like we try and be as open and transparent as possible but at the same time like we don't want any of this stuff to be used against us you know in regards to the sale um so we we had a, a sprinkler timer malfunction and the water um The hose was next to the house, sprinkler timer malfunctioned, someone moved the hose and then um, water was building up at the side of the house and it filled up in the window wells, water went into the windows and um, it ran for about a day until the neighbor noticed. Um, Our partner shows up, our partner Liam shows up a few hours later. He didn't notice anything, right? He went out, he's looking at the grass, he's like, oh my God, the grass is looking so green. Um, because we just seated it and uh, we were so happy with that, that it, that it turned out so well, cause it was a, it was a dirt pit out there and he's taking pictures of it. He sent me pictures and then I guess he went downstairs and as soon as he gets downstairs, it's like, wah, wah, wah. um, so it, had, uh, it had flooded. So we had to, you know, cut the drywall back and vacuum all the water out and sanitize it and pull all the carpet and all the underlay out. It was, it was, a, it was a real pain. Um, I spent a few nights there really late. Um, with Liam and a few other people, I want a big shout out to uh, uh, Matt and Taylor for helping out, um, stepping up and helping out, and that was we're extremely grateful for that. And uh, Michael Swanson for for helping out as well. <clears throat> they didn't have to, but they did. And Liam, obviously, for stepping up big time as well. Um, all those guys didn't have to, but they did, and it was it was it, we're extremely grateful for that. Uh, pretty stressful time, you know, just. Cause you can't just like wait until Monday to deal with this. You got to deal with it right away. right? Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise mold accumulates. So you got to act fast. And um, so we got all that fixed and everything else. And then, um, <laughs> it, so I, I, I didn't mention that like the, we found the flood the night before we, we had an accepted offer, a conditional offer. And it was the night before the buyer was to have their home inspection the next morning at 9am. So We go in there, we find out the basement floods the day before.
1: So instantly we're like, okay, we just lost our buyer. There's like, there's no way like we lost our buyer.
0: Yeah. Like this is okay. We're done. This is, this is terrible. Yeah. And, um, but thankfully they, they, they stayed on board. They were very understanding. All that they asked that it was was remediated properly, and that was a bit of a pain because you know we we have a team that's able to remediate it. You don't need to hire a remediation company like One Two Three Remediators.
1: Yeah, as long one, as you two, do it three, properly, yeah,
0: right. And that's why you know we we reached out to Michael Swanson right away because Michael's you know has experience with that um in his previous career. So you know we were, we did everything properly, but that that was a bit of a pain because they wanted to see <clears throat> as they should they wanted to know that it was done properly. They wanted to know that they're not going to have mold issues in the future and I can totally understand that. But trying to prove it was 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 a real pain. Um thankfully we got it all done and then um a couple days uh before uh, so they went and did their home inspection again. Everything was great, but then they called a bunch of stuff. Um and to be honest, it was it was pretty like I get it, but at the same time it was just like, come on, give me a break. Um, there was no smoke detector in the mechanical room. Our contractors never put one in there. Yeah, okay, I can put one in there. No problem. Um, there, it was just so much little dumb stuff. Um, so but, it,
1: but the funny thing is that it was what? Like maybe $100 worth of stuff that we needed to yeah. go buy and just like put in.
0: <laughs> but after all the extra money we spent like fixing stuff, fixing yeah. stuff, fixing stuff, it was just like, okay, I'm done. Like I'm going to go do it myself, which is never a great idea because it's never a quick job with a hundred dollars worth the materials. It's like, it always, always takes longer. I always cut my hands. Like, I'm just like, it's, you think you're going in there to just tighten a screw and it's like you, you leave and and my, my arm is amputated and, and the house is on fire. That's, that is how it turns out whenever I have to do stuff. Um, it has nothing to do with my, with my understanding of what needs to be done, it's just I. I that's why I don't do stuff, and that's why. And and I'm, I'm sure you can relate. Whenever you go and try and do something really quickly, it's like it never goes as planned. You never, oh, you forget the ladder. You brought the, you didn't get the wrong uh, bit head or screwdriver. Um, it's so frustrating. Um. So, anyways, that's that's what happened with us, Liam and I. I'm like, hey, Liam, you want to come out and give me a hand? And thinking that's going to be a couple minutes, and it wasn't. Um. So with the hot water tank, uh, what had happened was um, on the side of a hot water tank, there's a relief valve, okay? That relief valve is there to um, relieve pressure in the hot water tank. So if there's lots of pressure, it can relieve the pressure um, so that it doesn't explode, okay? Just a little safety device. And on that relief valve, there is um, a tube. So it'll open up the valve. It'll release some condensation pressure, and some water will come out, right? But there's a tube to make sure that it goes down to and to the floor, and then it goes in the drain, right?
1: Instead of just spitting out.
0: Instead of just spitting out all over the place, right? And then because all over you, it's scalding hot water, right? Yeah. Um. So they want to make sure that it goes to the ground, right? And so they said that there's no um there's no relief valve tube. There was no tube attached to it. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. It's a $7 tube. I'll go get it. I'll go trim it, cut it, put it on there. It's just, it's plastic tube. Cut it really quickly. Thread it in. It's, it's not that it's, it's a very quick job. It's a very quick job. (laughs) So me go get it. I cut it. I put the tube in. I'm like, all right, holy crap. I might actually get through this within an hour and not have any issues. And then, so I see the relief valve there. And I remember reading, you know, you should always test your relief valve once a year just to make sure that it works. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I already oh. swore. I, like, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> and I read it now and it says, it's recommended that you test pressure relief valves at least once every six months, especially to reduce leakage caused by the buildup of materials and corrosion. Scheduling pressure relief valve testing every six months enables you to troubleshoot issues and fix them promptly. Okay. Last thing you want is you don't want some pressure to happen within your hot water tank. The relief valve opens and then it doesn't close, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want that to happen because you're going to come back home and you're going to find a whole lot of hot water all over your pouring onto your floor in the basement. So what do I do? Because I'm there, I'm like, eh, I'm just gonna test it real quick to make sure it works. So dumb, so dumb. I mean, if it doesn't work, I mean, um, it, you know, it should be replaced. But so I open it and then I close it and it doesn't close, and it just keeps pouring water out. I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. Are you kidding me? They take possession in what two days? I think it was like two days away from possession. Now I'm like, now I got to replace a relief valve as well on this thing. So I got to drain it down. Um, I mean, I could do it, but it's just one of those things again. It's, it's very simple. If you look on the side of your hot water tank, it's it's uh, it's 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 threaded in. You know what I mean? It's a little valve. So you, you, you know, drain your hot water tank. I don't know if you need to drain all the way or not. Everyone keeps telling me you don't need to, but I think you should. Turn the water off, drain the, the, the tank, um, grab a pipe wrench, undo the valve, just untighten it. Put a new one in. It's probably, I don't know, what, say 30, 40, 50 bucks, something like that. Put a new one in. Make sure you thread the threads. Sorry, you add plumber's tape to the threads. Reattach your 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 tube. Voila. It's done. But I'm not playing around with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I know it's not going to go well. And we got two days left. Um, so I call my plumber. Plumber says, no, can't get in there until next week. I'm like, oh my God, here we go. And um after Is there ta-
1: water pouring out this whole time?
0: I, I didn't undo it, no. Oh, okay. But like, yeah, but there's water coming out. We got it to a point where it was dripping. Okay. But like, you know, with the whole like flood thing, if they come into the laundry room and there they see me dripping, yeah. they're going to be like, oh my God. Yeah. So I got to fix this thing, right? Um. What it turns out is that after I talked to a few people about it, they're like, oh, Wayne, what are you doing? Why did you open that? <laughs> Apparently, it's a very common thing when you open those relief valves is that – um. Even like the smallest little grain of sand can get caught in that in that little door, in that valve door. And if it does, it will prevent the door from closing, prevent the valve from closing. And that's why they tell you to open it every six months <laughs> is to clear that gunk out and that corrosion out so that when it does open, it closes properly. Hmm. But does anyone do that? No. Certainly this last owner didn't do it. And Is anybody
1: just like walking around their house, like <clears throat> clearing their relief valve right now?
0: Well, just like, <laughs> just make sure you don't have anything planned for the next three hours. <laughs> but after watching a few videos, we we learned how to troubleshoot, how to like, how to um, clear that, right? Because to get rid of that little corroded area or get rid of the, you know, the little grains of material that are in there. Yeah. So it was pretty frustrating there. Um, we thought, oh man, we're going to have to replace the relief valve. Oh man. Uh, what if the whole hot water tank needs to be just all the thoughts that are going through your head? You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're two days away, and just like you're hanging on by a thread with the sail, you know. Um, so yeah, that's that that that's what I was, was talking about with the hot water tanks. Um, Liam and I were, you know, we're just sitting there, just like fiddling around with this stupid valve, trying to figure out how to get it to stop, and watching YouTube videos like idiots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so check check your relief valves in your hot water tank while while you're at it. They say you're supposed to drain your hot water tanks too um, turn the water off and then uh, drain it out at the bottom to get rid of all that uh, calcium built up at the bottom of your hot water tank as well so that way it doesn't corrode the bottom of your hot water tank. Lots of stuff that you know we're supposed to be doing with our with our rental property items you know what I mean our appliances and our and and the stuff within our rental properties that we just don't do. So if you think you can leave your rental property alone for five years and that the tenant's going to take care of it, it's not going to happen. You're going to notice your stuff starts, you know, dying a lot faster. Your dishwasher doesn't work because the drain wasn't cleared. Your furnace doesn't work because they never changed the filters. Your, Your hot water tank, you know, bursts out of the bottom because it was never cleaned out and drained properly. Like all these little things that, you know, like, oh, it's a piece of shit. They don't build it like they used to. Well, at the same time, you're also not completing the proper schedule of maintenance on mm-hmm. them. Um, yeah, they make them cheaper, but they also give you guidance and rules, not, not rules, but guidance and, and, and tips to make sure that it increases the longevity of it. But Yeah. We got the sale done, though.
1: <laughs> Sold. Money in account.
0: Money in account. It was very fast. Yeah. That was great.
1: Got to bring a check to Liam yesterday, yep. bank draft. You,
0: yeah, I um, I'm happy to be done with that property. Me too. It was, it was, it was a great deal, but just the headaches, the headaches at the end there. Um, it seemed like every time I turned around in that house, we noticed something wasn't done or something was broken, or it was just, you know, such a beautiful house, yeah, such a beautiful house. And just one thing after another, after another, after another. So we we're just so happy. Um, when when I met with Liam yesterday, he, I actually met him um, at one of our other flips in St. Albert. And that one's on the market now. And same thing with that. Now I got a problem with that one. <laughs> Guess what the problem is at that one? <laughs> Again, beautifully renovated. I noticed this last week randomly. Calvin calls me up, our realtor calls me up and says, um, Hey, man, uh, what's up with the house uh, in St. Albert? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> smells like shit. Like, I know. I can't figure it out. When you walk up to the front door, there's an overwhelming smell of feces. It was not there before. Now it's there. We cannot figure out why it smells like poo when you walk up to the front door. And I've been like, I I swear to God, I walked past that door. Like just like I was just pacing back and forth because you only smell it in like just as you're walking by. Like it. a wasp. Yeah. So it's like, it's almost like a gust of wind that, that kind of comes up and we cannot figure out what it is. We thought for sure it might've been the mulch. They used a different mulch. I'm like, okay, maybe they added a manure in the mulch. No, it's not. I got my nose right in that mulch. Okay. Um, Liam and I found um, rabbit poo in the yard. I'm like, okay, maybe it's the rabbit poo. Got doesn't my nose. That yeah, doesn't <laughs> stink. He's like, I don't think it stinks. I'm like, I'm going to get my nose in there anyways, just to find out. <laughs> Liam starts pulling out his camera. <laughs> <laughs> put that fucking thing away. I can't figure it out. I can't. And like, so they, they removed some bushes in um, the rock bed. You know, I thought maybe they disturbed. You know the rocks and and like the uh, the garden. Uh, what do you call it? like the sheeting underneath? Um, the, like the the you had like the sheet underneath. Um,
1: the fa- landscaping fabric.
0: Landscaping fabric. Thank yes. you. Um, maybe maybe that had something in it, or there's something underneath. So I start, you know, disturbing that just to see if anything. No. Nope. Um, I go just I'm, I got my nose literally in everything around that, and uh, I can't seem to figure it out. And I'm convinced. That somebody has played a prank and stuffed feces underneath the steps, underneath the concrete steps. So I'm in there and I got my my flashlight trying to see if there's a bag of poop underneath it. No, nothing. However, I did notice that an animal could potentially get underneath there. So now I'm thinking there's a dead animal underneath the concrete steps. And maybe that's what it is.
1: I think that like rotting smells different than like feces though.
0: I agree. I walked around the house. I checked the neighbors. So the neighbors keep their garbage garbage on that side of the house, and so I walked over there. And I'm just like, I'm in the bushes just to see if there's like maybe they they stuff they throw their dog feces over there. Nope, nothing. Um, cannot figure it out. But anyways, I I, I found um, it, it might have just been that they had a dog before, <laughs> but like we never smelled this. No, all the times we went there doing this renovation. This renovation went way over the timeline, so we had this thing for like four months. Um, never once did we ever smell anything like this. It was only when it went up for sale. So, um, we got a we found a product um, at PetSmart. You attach it to a hose. Um, it's like a spray bottle you attach to a hose, and it's like an odor killer um, for like pet smells. So I just like sprayed the whole area up front there, and smells nice and clean now. Um, I don't know if it was able, able to deodorize the area, whatever the affected area was, or whether I just masked it with cleaner. I, I, I hope that I fixed it. I'm going to have Liam said he's going to go back there today and check it out for us because he lives closer. Um, but yeah, just like dumb stuff that I have to deal with.
1: Did you um ch- smell the hose bib? By chance,
0: I did. I stuck my nose in the hose bed as well. Okay,
1: because I don't know if it's been used, and sometimes if there's if water doesn't go through there, the the sewer smell can come. Great
0: idea. Yeah, I checked. (laughs) I checked. Um, Cannot figure it out. Yeah, cannot. Anybody else know what could potentially, or did any of you guys play a prank? (laughs) The only thing that I can think that's left is the gutters right above it. I didn't bring a ladder. I'm like, okay, if I were gonna f with someone. If I were going to really mess with them, I wouldn't put the feces where they could reach it. I would put it up in the gutter above. So now I need to bring a ladder down there to go check the gutters to see if there's poop in them. <laughs> but like, there's been so many like weird things happening at, at our at fi- our flips, and just like really curious things. Just I was get- just
1: going to say that I was like, but I, I just didn't know if I was actually going to like say it out loud or not. But yeah, it was like. We've had some strange things happen at a bunch of our flips that it starts to make you wonder, like, who hates us?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every flip's got something going on. It's just getting a little and, – And Josh is like, are you happy it's with any of curious. your properties? It's getting yeah. Uh, but, like, every property's got something curious going on, and it's, it's very frustrating. Yeah. Um, you hope that things go well, but it's just like – This is the stuff that, like – it's not like the money stuff. It's just like this is the stuff that is really frustrating and like you just want to be done with the flip. Yeah. Um like we had a we had one of our properties um we went to go change the tub uh recently. Is and the shower. Shower, sorry. Yeah. Was the shower? Yeah. So he was doing some plumbing work on the main floor um for the shower on the second floor. So they had cut a hole in the ceiling. And um so he's getting all that set up. And then as he's done, so he's did some cuts and stuff like that. So he just wanted to make sure that, you know, he did the cuts and and, and the wood um, shards probably got into the, the drain and the P-trap. So he's just like, you know, it's like, oh, I better just quickly just, he's like, I don't always like put my finger into the drain and, and just kind of like fish stuff out. But he's like, I knew that I I, I spilled some stuff. So I just want to make sure there was no wood um, pieces within the piping. So it doesn't cause any um, blockages or drain issues. Puts it in his finger gets halfway through, and like instantly hits something hard, and uh, so he's like he's hitting. And he's like, "What is this?" And it kind of felt like rough. So he takes the p trap off, and finds out that someone poured concrete down the plumbing in the shower. They took the time to mix, mix <laughs> concrete and pour it down the shower drain. And it wasn't just a little bit the the piece of plumbing, the P-trap weighed like, he said it weighed like 15 pounds. That's how much they poured down there. So we can't seem to figure out like why, I mean, this little old lady that was living there, she was living there. And this is an MLS listing. So it's not like she was unhappy that we like stole her home or something like that. No, it was like, there was no issues. Um, And she was a, a faithful woman. I don't know if you saw the the smoke stain around the cross yeah. you know yeah. um like it wasn't like this wasn't like someone that was like angry at us and i can't imagine like her her son or her nephew or something like came down there and poured and mixed concrete in her shower drain you know what i mean just yeah. it doesn't make any sense so a lot of curious things happening but hopefully they stop
1: among other things
0: yeah among other things
1: yeah and like Ken, it wouldn't like we wouldn't consider these things to be like pranks. Like this is like, if somebody was doing something, it's like (laughs) not to be funny.
0: Well, we, we went and changed all the lock combinations on all of our properties. Like there's something going on.
1: Yeah. We did.
0: You can understand how this is getting just a little frustrating, like when there's a flood and then you find out that the, the, the plumbing has concrete in it and it's like, thank God, thank God our plumber just happened to have checked. Because we we would probably not have ran a full shower in there before. We're not going to have a shower in there before we sell it, right? Yeah. But obviously now I need to check all the plumbing. We had to check all the plumbing to make sure it all worked properly. Um, you know, you would, never, you would never run a full bath or full shower before you sell it. So what's going to happen is someone's going to move in and have a nice shower in their brand new renovated shower, mm-hmm. tiled shower, and had to find out that it overflows. You know what I mean? Anyways, super negative today. How about your day? How's your day going? This is just the dumb stuff that we've been dealing with lately. And it's like, you know, we try and have a good day. We're trying focusing on the growth and the, and the great things. But then like, bam, like one thing after another, after another. And then someone tells you the house smells like poo. So now I'm doing research on like odor deodorizers <laughs> for exteriors and I'm driving all the way 45 minutes down to St. Albert with a hose and a, and a and a and a pet sprayer and just spraying it and like I walked past that door must've been 30,000 times just back back and forth back I was just working but I'm like just trying to find it like two cans Sam out there so weird yeah
1: I never noticed it once when I was there not that I was there a whole bunch but you think I would have noticed if I don't know
0: um did you see amber's comment in there
1: i did i was gonna message her after
0: okay we'll talk to you after amber my god okay yeah we're gonna we're gonna do some investigating um i have a question we got 20 minutes left let's change it let's change the whole thing let's go okay i got a question for you guys it may be a discussion i'd like to hear what you think um Should you rent or should you buy your home,
1: your personal residence? Yeah. <clears throat> In your, what context, like just what's do your you- position
0: on it? If you like you like I say you own all these properties and stuff like that, do you think it's a better to if you if you have the money, do you think it's better to buy a home or to rent a home? <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to, um, to chime in as well in the comments there, guys.
1: Um, So you own other rental properties? And you're you saying you, you have a
0: million dollars in the bank. Do you buy a home or do you rent your home? See, Grant Cardone seems to think that someone should never buy a home because you're- Robert Kiyosaki thinks very similarly. They say that your home is not an asset. It isn't. It is.
1: Well, it is, but.
0: But it isn't. By their definitions, technically it is an asset because you own it and it has value. But the definition of an asset as per Mr. Rich Dad's um, definition is that assets pay you and liabilities you pay. Mm Right, An asset produces income, a liability is something that you pay into. So if you own your home and you're not renting it, then technically it's a liability. You are paying the payments on the mortgage, you are paying the property taxes, you are paying the insurance. When the, when the relief valve goes on the hot water tank, you are replacing it out of your pocket. You are paying for cleaning. You are paying for repairs. You are paying for maintenance. You are getting the gutters cleaned. You are replacing the air filters. And there's a strong opinion on that side on the table saying that it's better to rent and to have the owner of that property pay for all that stuff as opposed to you paying for it. And there's a debate about whether it's worth it to own that property and to get the benefit of the appreciation or if it's better to just rent and then not have to pay for all that stuff. So the question is, is that on your home, how much over a period of 20 years, how many things do you repair and maintain and how much does it cost? And then the debate is, can you compare that to... The extra money, if you owned it, can you compare that to if you owned it, the extra money you would make from mortgage paydown? So the portion of your mortgage payment that goes towards principal and also a, the property appreciating over 20 years, which is better? There's a whole lot of people saying buy. I'm not saying you're right or wrong. I'm just curious. I'm curious what people think because there's um there's a lot of people that think otherwise. I mean, I don't, I, I think buy but I'll get into it a little bit more because I've done the math. Not recently, but uh, Taylor says in the comments, build equity. That's the thing. Whenever you make a rent payment, you don't get any equity, right? When you make a mortgage payment though, you know a percentage of that payment goes towards principal and a percentage goes to interest. So there's equity built into that payment, but you are also paying the condo fees and the property taxes and the insurance and um, and all the repairs and maintenance. What is the repairs and maintenance on your home over the span of 20 years? And what is the mortgage pay down over the span of 20 years? What is the potential for appreciation, the value of the property increasing over 20 years? Um, I mean, we have principal, re- principal residence exemption, so we don't get taxed on the gains or the value going up. So that's good. Um some of you get taxed in Canada on, you know, the sale of your property. Land, uh, the land transferring. Kirsten says, I will, I will forever prefer to own. She sounds like Mark Twain.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, besides the like financial side of things, you do also like when making a decision of whether to rent or own, you do also need to take into account um, just like the personal side of it. Like Kristen just said, I she would prefer, forever prefer to own. Um, do you want a landlord who can not renew their lease with you? Do you want to be moving? Do you want somebody coming in to do quarterly inspections? Do you want, like, what way of life do you want, right? Also, like, I think of my mom who moved to Edmonton this year, and she's um, renting one of our properties, and she's like, I am so happy to be renting. Yeah. Um. She's owned forever up until this point, like, her entire life. I, I mean, I'm sure there was a short period in her early years where she rented, but her in, entire adulthood she has owned Mm -hmm. and she's like I am so happy to be renting and to know that like you are coming to change the furnace filter and that I don't need to be like hmm should I upgrade this should I change out this like I don't I don't even think about it I'm just like this is my home I love it somebody else is taking care of everything for me and I mean of course she has the the benefit of of her daughter and son-in-law being her landlord so um, she's not worried about some d-bag landlord some slum lord, but there's that other side of it where it's like you know where you've owned forever and you've had to do all the maintenance and especially like her like she's lived in on a big property in bc where she had to take care of the property and chop the wood and like do all that kind of stuff yeah. so it's just such a relief to just be like i just gotta sit here and pay my rent and be happy where i live yeah But you can get back to the financial side of it i just wanted to say that it's not only about financials
0: yeah i mean there is um a lot to consider like with the preference right yeah but on the financial side of it um you know kyle says i thought rich dad was all about the tax deductions in the u.s you can deduct your mortgage interest yes the mortgage interest can be deducted um so if you think about that, if your payment is uh you know, dollars and 750 is going towards the principal and 750 is going towards the interest, but you also get to write off that 750. That means that if your tax bracket, you're in a tax bracket of say 33%, you get to write off 750 bucks every month. That means you're getting $250 back at the end of the year in a refund because of that. So that would mean if I if I could just do some quick fractions here, if you broke it down into six and you get three, six, four, six, um, it would mean that um, instead of getting 50% of the mortgage payments going towards you, or sorry, instead of having 50% of the mortgage payment go towards interest, you would actually get um, 33% going towards interest. I'm not going to explain that math. But you're, you're Did getting... you see
1: me gloss over? Yeah. I'm just staring at you, but yeah. I'm not hearing what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, <laughs> so if your
0: mortgage payments, if you're on a 3% interest rate, that means that half of your mortgage payment goes towards principal and half of your mortgage payment goes towards interest, okay? Or, uh, in early stages of, yeah, of the mortgage. Five first five years of the mortgage, okay? Now, if you can write off that, that interest portion as a deduction, that means, and you're in a tax bracket of say 33%, that means that one third of your payments um, will be a refund because you're going to deduct $750 from your income on the income tax on your income line, meaning that you're not going to pay taxes on $750. And what you would normally pay in taxes on $750 is 33%, meaning that you just saved $250. Make sense? Yes. So, that means that you actually get 66% of your mortgage payment is yours. And 33% goes towards interest. Is lost towards the cost of borrowing. I may have overcomplicated that, but I'm sure a few people are not in their heads. So that's good. Now that's in the US though. But um, uh, who was it? I think it was um, Francis. Uh, where was it? Yes, Francis. Uh, Francis says, buy, house, hack it. So rent out some of the rooms, rent out the basement and Smith maneuver it. So Smith maneuver is um is a really cool strategy that w- can make your interest on your mortgage tax deductible and pay off your mortgage faster. So we can do it in Canada. We just have to do a little maneuver. Um, there's a guy named Robinson Smith that teaches it in Canada. Go check out his books um, on the Smith maneuver. It's a great book. Um, And that, you, yeah, you can make your, your interest tax deductible in that way. So, it's not that bad it's not like all, you know if you can get 66 percent of your your mortgage payment that's pretty it's pretty good right um you also get all the benefits of the appreciation which historically historically don't talk about the last 15 years historically over time if if we if we ride it out long term um your your the value of your home should go up like two or three percent per year right so if you have for 20 years I'm not going to do compounded math but it should go up 60 percent in value but then inflation and all that other stuff and inflation's a big topic right now so before I get shot down in the comments on that <laughs> you know you should expect your property to go up in value as well you should make some money on appreciation um I mean i I see I see a lot of perks mathematically for owning. But I can see it from the perspective of a business owner um, saying that you should just be renting. It's hard to say, I saw Alan in here as well. Alan um, said, if you're single, then rent. And I know that Alan is either in Toronto or around Toronto. So Alan's thinking like, hell no, not around here. <laughs> we we rent, we rent here. <laughs> um, Because if if you're in, say, Toronto or Vancouver, and your house is a million dollars where it would normally be $500,000, say here in little old Edmonton.
1: I think a a million is even hard to come by.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But say it's a million, then your down payment is, is minimum $200,000, right? So if it's $200,000, then like, I can see how having that much of your money or your savings tied up, it would, it would not be the best use or the best um, investment for your savings. So I can understand why someone will want to rent instead and then maybe get a better return on that $200,000 or have it more liquid. They don't want to use all of their savings just to have a large $800,000 mortgage. But most people in Vancouver and Toronto, they don't just put the minimum 20% down. They put like 50% down because they, who can afford a mortgage payment on an $800,000 mortgage? <clears throat> right? Yep. And I've had discussions with people in Vancouver. I'm like, how, how the heck do you afford these houses? And they say, we just put a lot more money down. So if I bought a house, you know, 15, 20 years ago, in and around Vancouver or Burnaby or wherever, and I bought it at 500,000 and now it's worth one point, whatever, $1 million. Then, you know, I put 20% down on my first house. So I had a $400,000 mortgage and now it's worth a million. So I have $600,000 in equity. A hundred of that is my original down payment. So I made $500,000 in equity what I do is I refinance it at a $500,000 mortgage. Know, I'm doing my math all wrong now. Not even I can do math in the mornings. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna end that math equation, but like, but what they do is they pull the money out, they refinance it to, to lower their payments. Or sorry, when they, I now I remember what I was gonna say. They sell that property and they go buy another one, but they, but they have to put $500,000 down, right? So some people have very low mortgages on are on worth a lot, but then when they sell the house and they get that big chunk of cash, it's not like they can go and put a minimum down payment in Vancouver on the next house. They have to put a lot more money down in order to make sure their mortgage payments stay low. That's what I was trying to get at. But is that, like, if you sold the house and you had five or $600,000 cash, do you really want to put all of that directly into one house so you can keep your mortgage payments low? Or would it be better to rent and then reinvest that $600,000 into something else that's getting you a better return. See, Grant, you know, with his $10,000 a month in rent and some penthouse on the top floor, I can understand that, like, it doesn't make any sense to to own it, right? Or to own that Malibu house. or I guess he's in... Uh, Florida. Yeah, Florida. doesn't make any sense to own that, right? I think that if you, if you got fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars to get started, I mean, it's not enough to buy an investment property, but if you can buy your home and start making, building some equity in that, and doing some improvements and increasing the value of the property, and um, you know, like like Francis said, do the Smith maneuver and write off your 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 mortgage interest, and you know, house hack and rent out a couple of rooms. I think that's a really good financial decision. Definitely. But, um just make sure that you're not buying a house that has like a furnace that's original and an original hot water tank, original roof, original windows because you know it's adding up already right there. That's 10 plus 15 plus 10. There's like what 40 dollars 30, 35,000 uh, $35, worth of expenses right there that are coming in the next few years. Yeah. Right? And then if you plan to send it uh, sorry, sell it in 5 years and that's not a really good plan because the money that you made in mortgage paid on an appreciation probably doesn't even come close to the money and expenses that you paid in repairing all those things. Right? So when you're making that decision, you know, I, I agree with, um, uh, Don in the comments, Don said, it depends, you know, based on that scenario that I just gave you guys right there is, is it the best? Well, no, I would probably find something turnkey that doesn't need, uh, any, any immediate replacements. And I would come up with a strategy on when I'm going to sell it strategically um, so that I'm not paying for windows and a roof right before I sell it, mm-hmm. right? Because then you're not really yeah. going to make any money. Definitely. And then at that point, is it is it worth it to pay for all that repairs and maintenance just so that you can have a few more nail holes in the wall to, to hang your pictures and to paint your kid's room the color you want to paint it? I suppose it depends. <laughs> Patrick says, yes, buy a home and get a mortgage product that allows you to access equity, to buy more rental, to buy more properties and write off the interest while using the Smith maneuver. Additionally, enjoy the capital gains tax exemption. I like that. Yeah. The um, what, what Patrick's referring to is a mortgage product that allows you to access equity. Um, ideally, like one that has a HELOC or better yet, if you are, and please don't just get this because I said so. Um, talk to your mortgage broker and do some research. But um, there are mortgage products called a uh, readvanceable mortgage, where um, it is, what's the best way? What's the easiest way of describing it? Um, it's automatic access to equity. Meaning, if you want a HELOC, you have to go apply for a HELOC for a certain amount of money. Okay. You refinance your property, you get, or you, you do a whole mortgage application, you apply for the home equity line of credit. They give you a home equity line of credit, credit based off of the equity that you have on that day. In five years, your home equity line of credit is still the same limit as it was five years ago. It doesn't matter. If it was a re mortgage, though, What it does, it creates a home equity line of credit, but the home equity line of credit limit increases every time you make a mortgage payment, meaning that your your line of credit might be $20,000 today. However, on the 1st of November, when you pay your $1,500 mortgage payment and $750 goes to interest and $750 goes to principal. What it does is that $750 for the, that went towards the principal is automatically accessible in your home equity line of credit. If you go to your home equity line of credit, now you have $20,750 accessible. So you can pull that money out right away. You can pull that money out right away and invest it into properties. Now keep in mind, when you borrow equity, when you borrow money to invest into to to make into an investment and there is, there is requirements and criteria for that. But when you borrow money to buy real estate as an investment, that interest is tax deductible. So you're going to make a payment on your home that, and then the principal portion of that payment, that 750, is going to be available right away. You can then pull that money back out and then the interest on it is tax deductible. It's pretty cool stuff. the reason why i said don't just do it cuz i said so and do some research talk to your mortgage broker and and get a little education is because that mortgage product can be very 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 dangerous for people who don't know what they're doing see for you you're going to invest it you're going to take that money you're going to invest it into you know you're going to borrow it at 3 5 6% whatever the interest rate is and then you're going to Invest it into something that's going to get you like a 15% return. So you get to collect that spread. You borrow it at five, you invest it and you get a 15% return. You're making a 10% return on your equity that was just sitting there doing nothing. That's great, right? That's you. Your cousin Jim is going to borrow that money and buy a boat.
1: And a travel trailer and a quad. It's
0: like, oh, I can just access my equity. It's my money. And then suddenly he realizes that when he's 64 years old, he's like, why do I still have like a 80% loan-to-value mortgage? Why is my house not paid off years ago? As you look around his yard and there's like old run-down quads everywhere, 20, 30-year-old <laughs> quads <laughs> with bullet holes in them. He calls up the bank and says, wait a second, my mortgage should have been paid off 10 years ago. Well, sir, you applied for a re-inventable mortgage and you kept pulling your equity out. And you kept buying stuff.
1: That doesn't make you money.
0: Well, Wayne said on a podcast that I could. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a really cool tool. Now, you are going to pay a little higher interest rate for that. Just keep that in mind. Go talk to your mortgage broker and see if it's worth it for you. Um, Typically, the, the, the interest rates on those products are a little bit more. But great tool for accessing money and getting your money liquid, your equity liquid, fast. Because if you try and get that equity in other ways, I mean, you gotta, you're gotta you in the middle of a fixed-term mortgage, you got to cancel your mortgage, you're going to pay cancellation fees, you're going to have to do a refinance, a whole new mortgage application. It's a real pain in the butt. But if you have a re mortgage, you can easily access it, you can make lump sum payments onto your mortgage and then pull that money out and make that money tax deductible. There's so many different... like, And once you read that book, The Smith Maneuver, there, there's so many different cool accelerators that you can use. Um, to like take it to the next level, so definitely check that out.
1: Seven oh two.
0: Fine. All right. I'm not reading any of your comments, so <laughs> if it was important, um, you just let me know. Send us an email, Info for what REI morning show, or just show up tomorrow. Show up tomorrow, and tomorrow is uh, what Friday.
1: Tomorrow's Friday.
0: Okay, we'll see you guys then. Peace. Thanks for listening